The following podcast has been brought to you by the Ramble Mania Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the Ramble Mania Show probably brings to you it is I, your former five-time Ramble Mania heavyweight champion, Hazel the Eye Zombie. And this ain't a live microphone. This is another edition of Raw Rants. We like to give you the good, the bad. And who booked this shit on Monday Night Raw? I'm not going to throw that belt till later. Got <laughs> a lot to talk about. Got a lot to talk about. First, I'm surprised for everyone. Someone wants to make their debut. Ladies and gentlemen, may I present to you I'd like to present the newest member of the Rainbow Mania family. His name is Loki Doom. Say hi, Loki. Hi. So sweet. Just got him today. It's a baby kitten. And he's just so amazing. Uh, I'm really worried for him because the other cat, uh, Snooky, does not get along with other cats, so yeah, I'm not sleeping when I open for the rest of my life. <sighs> no, I love this little guy, though. He's gonna grow up to be a a fucking beast. So, uh, yes, we do got a lot to talk about with Raw, so let's just get right on with it, alright? So, submitted to the approval of the Ramble Mania show, this is the tale of Vince Hating theories. And by that he he by that I mean he hates Austin. <laughs> Let's ramble. We open up Monday Night Raw in Long Island, New York this week. And then next week AEW goes to the same arena that Raw is just was just that. <laughs> so weird. It's so fucking weird seeing that uh take place. So we open up the show with Seth Rollins. Coming into the ring in one piece because last week he got tackled by a fan in Brooklyn. <laughs> I'm not gonna give the guy any credit. You know, I'm not gonna spew his name or any of that stuff. I mean, honestly, you know, you belong in a fucking loony bin. After the videos and the catfishing, um, <laughs> yeah, somebody take that man to Bellevue. Fuck. Holy shit. Loki, what do you think? And she, he's sleeping. Alright, so Rollins gets in the ring. He grabs the mic. And he's wearing his wife's coat. Because that jacket looks three times too small for him. It looks like he'd get it at the baby gap. So he grabs the mic. And he says that we might be expecting him to be in a bad mood. But he's Seth fucking Rollins. And nobody can keep him down. He has such a huge secret, some breaking news. Like, just say you have breaking news to tell everyone. Not a secret, because if it was a secret, this match would have not been put out on the internet, you know, days before Monday Night Raw. I don't think so. Like, you could have just said, hey, I got great news. Guess what? I'm going after the championship. Not like, oh, I have this big surprise for everyone, because we knew what was happening. 
the minute you won the ladder match. We knew what was happening when you were carrying around the contract for like two to three weeks. So it will be him versus Big E at the WWE pay-per-view or house show because right when War Games is over, that's it. There's no more WWE pay-per-views. This is basically the end for WWE moving forward going into 2022. So no TLC. If everyone was expecting TLC or another pay-per-view to take place in December for the main roster, I'm sorry. And I'm kind of pissed off about that, too, because, like, uh, you know, I mean, could have Armageddon. I mean, who knows? All right. So Rollins says it's fitting because this will be the first day of the new era, the first day of the future business. Says I am a visionary. Revolutionary. <laughs> Here comes the prince, Finn Balor. Comes rushes into the ring and gets a little bit of revenge for what happened last week. It was supposed to happen last week, but it ended in a no contest because Finn just got the shit kicked out of him. And then that's when the whole incident happened with the stupid kid tackling Seth Rollins. Balor is going is tackling stuff over the barricade into the timekeeper's area, then tosses him into basically the apron of the ring, and then into the announce desk. Balor gets Seth into the ring, but Rollins would basically starts flying back with a suicide dive. Then he takes his jacket off. Balor catches him with a sling blade and all this other stuff. So, um, the match hasn't started yet. This is basically, you know, pre-match brawl before we come back to commercial, the match officially begins. So basically, uh, Seth is down uh, outside in the corner somewhere, possibly by the announce table. Finn Balor grabs the steel steps, rams Seth Rollins' hand and shoulder, made it, feel, made it seem like he, like, planted his face on me, like, oh, my hand, my shoulder. Because the commercial there would come back, match officially begins. Look, I'm going to give it a book. I mean, this is something that we haven't seen in a while, I believe. And, you know, to see it come back again, I didn't like how it was done last week. It kind of made Finn look weak as fuck. Like, they didn't care what the fuck they, they wanted him to do out there. It's just, oh, we just got to get Seth over mainly at this point because he's going at that championship. I didn't like what they were doing here. And I got worried that, you know, they were going to pull some bullshit here, which they didn't. But it, was, it, it still kind of felt like we needed that bullshit, like a DQ or something. Because I'm going to be honest, Seth didn't need to win here. Seth did not need to win. He didn't need to win clean. That I'm gonna, that I'm just getting out of my way right now. Like it just makes Finn look weak, and that whole pre-match setup led to absolutely nothing for Seth to take the win. Like, who am I supposed to cheer for here? Because at this point, Balor did heel shit in the pre-match assault. Then he went back doing babyface shit, and now Seth is doing heel shit. So I'm confused. But I see where this was going. You know, you want to build Seth up to the championship, which he's not going to win. I mean, you're really going to have, you know, Big E lose to Seth Rollins. I don't understand why he lost to Roman because it's Roman. It's there's no there's no winning that. All right. If you're facing Roman, you're done. 
So basically, the match ends when Rollins looks for a ripcord knee. Balor avoids it, hits the elbow, drop slam, and then he tries to go for the 1916. Rollins was supposed to go to a thumb to the eye, but when you look at it in slow motion, you can clearly see is like thumb to the forehead and then follows it up with, you know, an elbow to the back of the head and then the stomp when. Hmm. I mean, look, this was an okay match. Even with the pre-match assault, it was still pretty good, pretty hyped up, kind of got everyone in the mood to like, yeah, oh shit, we're about to see this for the first hour. Let's go. And plus, we haven't seen this match in a while. I'm not gonna say it's fresh because we've seen this before, but I can honestly say, like, okay, we didn't see it in like maybe two or three years. One was on Raw, one was on SmackDown, then, you know, went, went back to NXT to revitalize himself and then, you know, all this shit. So seeing these two back in the ring again, I'm just like, okay, I'm interested. Let's see where this goes. Again, I just didn't like what they did last week. Made Bell look weak. Oh, and let me get this out of the way right now. Before the match starts, Balor comes out into the ring. So they do this weird angle. WWE has this issue with, like, you know, they want to show the crowd. They want to show this live crowd while the entrances are being played. So you can see on the far side, it's like in the center, where you can see the entrance. And on the side, you can see Prince's name. Behind the commentaries table, there's a bunch, there's a whole row that just has, like, a stack of chairs on it. Most of the back is empty. On the side of the arena, where the where the hard cam is not at, there are some empty seats. Oh shit, we're really, you know, I thought now having the crowd back after seven hundred and somewhat days, maybe we could have had a full house. But I guess people are really still hating the fucking product. Speaking of people hating the product, the man who loves this product so much. The man that basically tells tells the fans, fuck you. That's why. Because I can do this shit. Vinny Mac is back. I mean, yeah, last time we saw him, Survivor Series, fucking egg. The egg angle is dropped. No more egg. No more Dr. Robotnik Eggman type shit. A hundred million dollar egg. Get, dude, you were holding a prop and you know it. So. This whole thing with the fucking egg was stupid. Austin Theory took the fucking egg just to take a selfie with it. He brings the egg. Well, he doesn't bring the egg back. Sami Zayn basically drags him to Vince's office because they were doing this whole episode on Raw. Oh, where's my egg? Where's my fucking egg? Where's my egg, pal? I need my goddamn egg, pal. I was definitely a hundred million dollar egg. It's like, Vince, did one of your testicles get removed? And is that what you were holding the entire time? Your testicles? Jeez. All right. So, and so weird that this whole scenario that the minute, you know, Austin Theory gives Vince McMahon the egg back, he gets an opportunity for the WWE Championship. And he just tells Sami Zayn nobody likes us. So, yeah, this whole egg angle is officially dropped. And I'm hoping the Vince McMahon angle could drop quick because here we go. Um, it's 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 Vince versus Austin, but not this Austin. We're talking about 
conspiracy theory, Austin. You know, so he walks to um, Vince's office. Vince says he hates it when people ask how he's doing. They don't mean it. So, Vince, if I were to ask you in person, how are you doing? It's it's not going to mean anything. You're not going to answer my question. But then I have to answer all your questions. And then I have to look at you, damn it, when I'm talking to you. He has IBS, an ingrown toenail, AARP. But nobody wants to know that. McMahon was very impressed with Theory in his match with Big E last week for the WWE Championship. We then see a replay of last week's show. Vince says tonight Theory is going to stay in his office with Vince. And they're going to watch the whole entire show, Monday Night Raw, together. No phone, no restroom, no catering prison. You are going to sit there with a senile old man. And together, they're going to expect the unexpected because apparently Raw was just full of surprises. Really? I mean, there was one big, there was, I wouldn't say this was a big surprise, but there was a surprise. Two surprises. Two. Two. Maybe three. Maybe four. I don't know. Maybe I'll, maybe those four might come in handy. All right. So at the end of this whole promo, Vince tells Austin Theory, if you ever steal from me again, I'll fucking kill you. Well, he didn't say the F word. He just literally said, I'll kill you. I'm like, wait, we just saw a list of banned words you can't say in WWE. You just said kill, and that's pissing me off. Big time Vex comes into the ring, and she stole Cameron's fur coat from his closet. It's the one that he wore from the Purple Haze album. Best fucking album ever. And a contract signing is taking place for the Raw Women's Championship. Sonya Deville introduces Becky. Well, she was already introduced when she was in the ring. And she introduces the challenger, Liv Morgan. And then Liv comes out. And here we go. The, the basic, uh, well, nothing really happened in this contract signing except Good promo work. Very good promo work. I think this is the best that I've seen Liv Morgan excel so far. I mean, yes, she is getting a push, but it's not the kind of push where, I mean, I don't want to tell myself that she's going to lose. It's the company that's going to tell her that she has to lose, which honestly won't be fair. If she wins, how the fucking will you? I mean, what a, we're at the beginning of December, and I would have been like, yo, if this was the day after Christmas and you want you want to make Liv Morgan feel special what a good way to end the year with having her beat Becky Lynch on Raw or on day one which is stupid they should have had this pay-per-view for the they should have had this match on the day one pay-per-view on January 1st instead of us having it next week I felt like there could have been more hype to this angle and I think that pissed me off that they have to plug this for next week. It should have it should have gotten more time. It should get more time. Trust me. I mean, who knows? They, they could probably do the match next week and then all of a sudden fuckboy finishes happen and then rematch. Day one. Who knows? So this is Liv Morgan's first ever contract signing. So she's welcome. Lynn said this and she intentionally made Liv, uh, Liv angry last week. 
because she wanted to see if she had some fire and she was pleased to see that she has a, a lot of it. But that was it. She walked off and a right hand wouldn't keep her down. So what happens when they mean ring? That's the question. That's when they start plugging on. Oh, it's not going to take place on day one. It's going to happen on Raw. Stupid idea. Very stupid idea. Stupid idea. It should be on day one, not on Monday Night Raw. Becky teases to the fans, and they say they aren't ready for a title match because their hockey game, their hockey team never wins. Oh, they're going after the Islanders really hard. I wonder if they're going to reference that in AEW next week. <laughs> so Lil tells her to shut up and sign the contract. Oh, no, she just tells Becky to shut up. Because, again, Becky already signed the contract and now Liv signed the contract. Morgan says she got upset last week because she channeled her emotions into her fists, not crying like a mess. Kind of like Becky did on camera after Survivor Series. So apparently there was this little footage that was played um, after the match between Becky and Charlotte. There was uh, Becky crying about how she had to defeat her best friend. You know, they've been through a lot together. They were almost in a car crash together. You know, NXT, all this other stuff for Horsewomen. And I loved it. It was passionate because, you know, it felt real. It felt like it, it literally came from the heart. And that was real. That was 100% real to me. I don't know if that was, you know, I mean, yes, they are real life best friends. They are real life friends. And that friendship kind of is seeding out. So... I guess this is the reason why they did this. And I liked it. It was a smart play on Liv Morgan to show that package. Very smart. Because now, at this point, Liv is in Becky's head. Liv laughs. And Becky says the only reason she has no friends, just like her, her big fat contract is the reason why her friends are no longer in the company. Oh! Shoo! Yep, there you go. Um, Morgan says that Becky is a hypocrite because she bitched about being Charlotte Flair's number two, but now Lynch wants Morgan to be her number two. I wish I had a number two. I mean, like, you know, Austin Powers, number two, the guy that kills people. Morgan threatens to punch her in the face, but Lynch says she was emotional after a big match, something Morgan wouldn't know about. And people deserve to get paid. Well, tonight, Liv will get a taste of the big time because Becky pitched a 10-on-10 women's tag match tonight. Team Liv versus Team Bex. And Liv Morgan accepts. And, you know, they show the teams, and I'm not going to announce what the teams are because we're going to talk about them later. I enjoyed this promo for many reasons. It proved that Liv can handle herself on the microphone. It proved that she has guts and that she has some glory in her. Maybe, maybe next week they might pull the trigger. I mean, look, anything can happen in the world of professional wrestling, sports entertainment, WWE, AEW, anything, anywhere. It can happen anywhere. You just never know. Vince McMahon might just be in that movie. He's like, oh, 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 I love that shit. Such good shit. Guess what? They're beating big time bucks. I wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised. I am too. There was no post assault after the contracts. Nobody went through a table. 
And I think it needed to be that way because we needed to see some raw, <laughs> get it, emotion between these two women. And I think we got that. And I'm actually really happy with everything that transpired throughout this whole promo. All right. So for our Raw Tag Team Championship match between RK Brew and the Derrick Dogs, we see RK Bro backstage. And Riddle is disappointed that Randy is not dressed like him, bro. So Randy asks, why did he do what he did and dress up like Orin? And Riddle says, they killed it last week when he channeled the inner Viper. He RKO'd Dolph and then Orin hit Bobby Roode with the bro Derek. And he figured that they were going to do it again this week. Randy says if Riddle thought he was ever going to ride a scooter into the ring, he's a brain dead moron. Randy feels and says he pre. So Randy feels bad and he appreciates it, but they need to they need to be themselves and they got to be ruthless. <laughs> they need to be ten steps ahead in order to retain the tag team titles. Riddle asks Orton to close his eyes. Orton closes his eyes, and I swear, Goldust. Goldberg vibes, pre-ruthless aggression era. Goldberg has a wig on his head. It takes 10 seconds for that fucking wig to come off. And I believe this was a Raw of 2002, like, like you know, Rock Hollywood, all that stuff. It took Riddle two seconds to take a fucking wig off of Orton because literally, I, I, I don't, I don't understand why they needed to do this. He just tells him to never, never put that shit on him again. I was like, yeah, don't put that shit on Orton. Maybe, yo, like literally, my thought was, this guy's gonna get RKO'd, like right there before the match. So we have for the Raw Tag Team Championships, the Dirty Dogs taking on RK Bro. Um, it was an okay match. It was very okay. There was something weird that Byron Saxton said on commentary. Said that RK Bro are a combination of mustard and grape jelly. Are you kidding me, Byron? Mustard and grape jelly. So who's mustard? Fucking Orton and grape jelly's riddle? Who gave you a fucking edible on commentary? Because, yo, they, yo, this commentary was so weird. It was very weird. And, you know, it dawns me that two out of the three men on that commentary group, and Jimmy Smith was probably the smartest man in the world for not getting involved in this. Corey Graves and Byron Sachs, I mean, I know this is probably for weeks ago, but I'm bringing it up anyway. They're former 24-7 champions. WWE is just so smart, it makes me want to throw up. And this is probably one of them. This was one of them. Um, Let's get it out of the way right now. I really didn't care for this match. It was fun, but it's like I didn't care. because At this point, the Dirty Dogs just feel like jobbers like 
Yo, Bobby Roode deserves so much better than being in the fucking tag division. I'm sick of this whole Bobby Roode has to be in a tag team. Why? Why does he have to be in a tag team? He's already been in like. Three, four, a hundred. I don't know. Beer money. Uh, the Dirty Heels. Shout out to the Dirty Heels, by the way. Dirty Heel Podcast. Uh, fucking Dirty Dogs. Him and Gable. There we go. Yo, stop putting this man in tag teams. He deserves so much credibility as a singles competitor. And he is the, he is what he was in TNA. He, that man was the if factor. He should be the if factor here. And you know, all that, that stupid TNA team that he had. It was so funny. All right. So basically, like the match ends when Ziggler looks for a super kick bar and catches it, rolls him away, hits an RKO, where it prevents Rue from getting back in the rain to break up the count. Orin wins with a pinfall. Okay, match. But again, I just, I just don't care anymore. The Dirty Dogs have made me stop caring for a while. I think that was the reason why I didn't like them on SmackDown. I do not like them on Raw. Break them up. You don't even call them the Dirty Dogs. I don't even know if they have their own fucking merch. Like, I know they have matching, you know, colored gear. But at this point, it's like, let's break them up. Let's have Dolph Ziggler do a single stuff where he can leave the company. And let's start pushing fucking Bobby Roode because, yo... He is a star. He is. And Vince McMahon just doesn't want to use him correctly and just puts them in these stupid tag team limbos. So Seth Rollins is walking backstage when KO approaches him. Owen says that this is a night for Rollins. This was a big night for Rollins, but he has news as well. And he tells Seth if he beats Big E tonight, he gets added to the championship match making it a triple threat at day one. So Rollins laughs, says, that must be a joke. There's no way. Like, I didn't hear about this. So like, oh, you didn't hear? Well, why don't you go talk to Adam Pierce? You know, the bald guy, glasses, stupid suit. Go talk to him. Go talk to him. Go talk to Pierce. That's what happens. We cut back from the commercial. We see Adam Pierce in his office. Did Adam Pierce get pudgier? It looks like a fucking... Pudgy putty now. I don't know. So Seth Rollins walks in his office and asks what's going on with Kevin Owens, possibly being added to the, to the day one match with me and Big E. And Pierce is looking at him like, wait, what? What the fuck? I hear nothing about this. Who the fuck is making these matches without my consent? First of all, that's not true. All right. He's never even seen Kevin Owens throughout the entire night. Well, I'm, I'm guessing before the show aired, he, he hasn't seen him. That's what he said. So he, so Rollins laughs, walks away. The villa walks in, and Pierce tells her what happened. It was like, oh, Kevin Owens is going around saying, like, oh, if he beats Big E, he should be added to the WWE Championship picture at day one. And Sonya Deville is like, oh, it's not a bad idea. And then Adam Pierce is literally thinking it over, like, hmm. We have the return of the rated R superstar. Edge makes his return after um, Saudi, the Hell in a Cell match. 
gets a huge roar from the crowd. He grabs the mic and he says, this is the best job in the world. And he's so happy to be back. Last time he was seen was at war. Yep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. At Saudi. It's how to sell Seth Rollins. Now Seth Rollins is the number one contender. Wait. Did, did I just say number one contender? You're supposed to say championship contender. God damn it. All right. So says to Seth Rollins, kudos to you because the dude is operating on a whole nother level right now. But as right now, I was excited to be on Raw because there's a whole list of people for him to get in the ring with. AJ Styles. Yes. Kevin Owens. Yes. Finn Balor. Hell yeah. Damian Priest. Okay. Big E. So before Edge continues to name names, he's interrupted by the returning Miz and the returning Maurice. So Miz and Mrs. are back on Monday Night Raw. Miz is making a re- uh, making his return after being eliminated from Dancing with the Stars. I heard it was in ninth place, but I heard he did a pretty good job on Dancing with the Stars. I just don't watch that show. Not my thing. It'll never be my thing. Hate that so it starts stupid. The Miz says they gave Edge the big return and the press releases. And everybody knew they plugged the whole thing that Edge was coming back. They didn't plug your return. So that's probably the biggest surprise of them all. You and your wife coming back without any of us even knowing about it. And you're going to complain that what Edge is the important one because, oh, he got the plug. I would have been fine if Edge didn't have the plug at all. It's like, oh, next week, Edge makes his return to Monday Night Raw. I didn't need that. I really did not need that. But you know what? They did it anyway. They didn't do it for you because they saved you for a special occasion, this occasion. And here you are doing the complete opposite. Sounds a bit counterproductive. Why, Miz? This is what Edge life has become, going away, coming back for reactions. Well, he's been here week in, week out for years. When he's injured, he's carted around in a wheelchair. When he's gone, it's to help elevate what they do. But when he comes back, he doesn't get pyro, doesn't get the press releases. I'm talking about Miz. And what really pisses him off is that his wife, the greatest female, all female competitors, is back. And there's nothing. There was an ovation from the crowd. What were you expecting? To get crickets? So Miz says Edge didn't mention him in the list of people he wants to face. Edge says he figured Miz is still away painting his face. Maurice says her husband was being off, was off being the most charismatic and talented man on Dancing with the Stars. And basically said, Edge basically told Miz, didn't you come in ninth? And the crowd was like, oh! Miz says that's got nothing to do with talent and everything to do with the fan base not being loyal. Edge says Miz could have complained to Adam Pierce about all this, but he didn't. So he must have an agenda. Yeah, that agenda is to face you one-on-one. And I've been trying to find some matches between Edge and Miz. We don't got any. So seeing these two in the ring for the first time doing something, this is the freshest thing I've seen so far, and I'm enjoying it. Interrupting him puts Miz in the main event. Yep. And now he's here. 
So he'll roll with it. Miz says, how dare he say he's doing this for clout? Maybe Edge forgets that the last time they competed on the same card, Miz main event Mania 27, the bad one. And Edge was the curtain jerker on Mania 27, the bad one. Edge was good once, but he surpassed them long ago, and he should have stayed at home. Miz is saying he can't hack it anymore, and he's right. This window is small, but he's making the most of it. He has to make the most of it. And every guy in the back wants to test themselves against Edge. That's respect. And he respects them for him. Instead, the Miz tangled down into the ring, bitched for a pat on the back. Edge then says to Miz, Miz made it to this moment from tough enough. He used to come out with notes when he was the host of the Diva Search. You know, the one where the one that his wife was in <laughs> and eventually main evented John, with John Cena at WrestleMania with The Rock as a special enforcer. He has people on other wrestling shows chanting his name for a cheap pop. He is living rent free in other people's heads as continues to say that Riz is that he's rich. Miz is rich and successful. Made it further than anyone ever thought he could. But the big difference between them is that Edge fought and clawed to get the small window back. But Miz used this platform to get reality shows, movies, guest spots on crappy TV shows. Miz takes off his well. So Edge tells him, bring it on now. Miz starts to take off his jacket, but then says no. Then tosses the microphone, leaves with Maurice, and Edge just stares on. I love this whole fucking promo. This whole thing is original. It's brand new. And I can't wait to see what's going to be taking place between these two guys. Because, yes, there is a lot of history. Not between these two, but there is some history of these two knowing each other with the company. You know, Edge probably gave Miz advice, you know, following, you know, Edge's footsteps and everything else. I have enjoyed the confrontation that happened here. I want to see more next week. And hopefully with the Miz now making his big return, which was the big surprise of all. And Maurice, too. Hopefully the rumors are that Beth Phoenix could be making an in-ring return and we might see a intergender tag match or mixed tag like they did at Mania 33 with Cena and so we got AJ and Omos. AJ Styles is playing the role of gentleman Chris Adams from World Class Championship Wrestling like he's having this big old feud with Gino Hernandez. AJ Styles is blind. That's why he's wearing sunglasses. Like, what? So they're being they're being interrupted. They're they're being interviewed backstage. They ask why the prophets use the fire extinguisher. Oh, this dumpster. So this is what happened in Brooklyn. There was a there was a tag match between AJ and Omos taking on the Street Profits. The Street Profits apparently couldn't get the job done. So instead of you know, getting the job done, being the baby faces that they are, they said, fuck that shit. We're going to do some stupid shit. And that stupid shit was we had a fire extinguisher in a bag. 
we didn't want to win. We we wanted to give our opponents the win, so we sprayed AJ Styles with a fire extinguisher while he was trying to do the phenomenal forearm. So AJ is basically blind. That's why he's wearing the glasses. Styles says he can't see. Almost had to shave him this morning. Nigga, what? And the doctor says he might never see properly again. And it's because of the Street Profits. They gave him the smoke. But when there's smoke, there's fire. And he promises they're going to get burned. Okay, so I'm not going to talk about this match because I've seen this match way too many fucking times. And at this point, I just don't fucking care anymore. I do not give two fucks about this match. We've seen it too many fucking times. Switch it up. Move on. Stop giving us shit we've seen months ago. And at this point, it's like they're just trying to make us hate this, these two teams due to the fact that they've been fighting each other over and over and over and over. It's like, stop, my nigga, just stop. Be more original. Be original. Stop doing the same song and fucking dance. How many times do we have to see these two teams face each other? We don't need it anymore. Move on. Give these guys weeks off. Give them weeks off. Move on. I'm getting annoyed. So what happens at the end is basically AJ Styles and Omos on our commentary. AJ jumps from commentary, jumps in the apron, tries to shove Montez Ford, but Montez Ford kicks him. And the second he kicks him, he falls into the apron, the glasses fall off. And oh my God, AJ can see. He can see. He can see. Omos, he can see. Everyone. For the phony that he is. Because AJ Styles can see the whole fucking time. What are they doing with this man? The Street Profits win. I don't care. And I don't fucking care. Backstage. We got Vince McMahon and Austin Theory. Vince asked Theory, what do you think what just happened? Is or with, with AJ Surpriser. And Theory's like, I liked it. Vince is just like, it was horrible. And you could see that coming a mile away. <laughs> he needs to, well, he's telling Austin Theory that he needs to expect the unexpected. Austin Theory keeps looking away while Vince is talking. And he's like, look at me when I speak to you, damn it. <laughs> and they start doing that for a while. And Theory just stares at him with this, you know, awkward blank, like with this awkward blinking. Is like, so we see footage from last week of Dana Brooke winning the 24 7 championship. How rolling up Cedric Alexander and then she wins. And then all of the guys are surrounded by one girl. And the first thing that came to my mind was porn. Apparently, she's just backstage talking to Reggie. So we come back from commercial break. We see Owens sitting on a WWE crate. And Seth Rollins walks up to him and he starts laughing. You know, it's like, I know you lied. You're a liar. 
<laughs> You're a liar, Kevin. And Owens is like, I'm not lying. Why would I lie? If I beat Big E, I'm going to be added to, to the WWE Championship Max on day one. Meanwhile, Rollins is just doing Bailey shit, just mocks him and just laughs and laughs and laughs. And I'm just like, what is this? Oh my God. Okay, so we have a United States Championship match. It is Damian Priest taking on uh, Apollo Crews with Commander Aziz. This is stupid. And correct. You guys can have your opinion of this. If I'm wrong on this, I'm wrong. But if I'm right, I'm right. But hear me out on something. They changed Priest's whole gimmick. His whole fucking gimmick. No more, oh, I'm I'm a I'm a party goth. I'm supposed to be blade and you know bad bunny's bouncer and all this. Like, no, he's not that anymore. He is Bakura's favorite magic card. He is the change of heart. He's good and he's evil when he has to be. But why is it that the evil side always fucks him over? I don't like the gimmick because we have people who have that gimmick like Balor and many others who sometimes wear face paint. But we don't need it for Priest. He was fine the way he was. Don't fix what wasn't broken. Um, This was the first time that these two actually faced each other. Look at that! More original shit taking place on Monday Night Raw. Loki, you hearing this? Oh, Loki's asleep. I'll come up later. This was a good match. Very good. Very good indeed. I mean, it, it was it was it was very, very, very very hard hitting and very good wrestling between these two. I kind of enjoyed everything that took place here. I'm happy that Aziz did not get involved in certain scenarios in the match. To be honest, I was waiting for him to do something so that the referee could just be like, you're But they didn't do that. They didn't do that at all. So, yeah. Anyway, the match ends when Priest goes up to the top rope. But, oh, yeah, here we go. That's when Commander Aziz gets involved. He pulls uh, Priest down from the top rope. The referee pieces together what happened, and he ejects him. Why did I not pay attention to this match? Priest's Satanism wakes up, or devil wakes up, at this point, if Priest is going to be the devil, just give him the devil gene. He's te- he's a Tekken character now. I'm just going to call he's the, he. So Priest's devil gene wakes up, beating beating him down in the corner before hitting uh, a soft of the heaven choke slam, and then Priest hits the Mia Yim, <laughs> the reckoning for the win. Again, this was a good match. I, I liked this match. It was fun. It was fresh. I, I don't think the crowd's ever seen this before. I haven't seen it. And I think people who are watching this at home have not seen this. So it was just like, good, 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 good. Keep it up. Maybe this could be the rivalry going forward. I don't know. But hopefully this, this gets somewhere. So here we go again. Seth Rollins barges into Adam Pierce and Sonya Deville's office backstage. And they inform him that they have changed their plans. Oh, man. 
So if Owens does win tonight against Big E, he gets added to the match. And Rollins is just going apeshit at these guys. He storms the fuck out. What is going on with this? Like, yo, make up your mind. Like, they didn't plug this. Like, Kevin Owens just basically coaxed Seth Rollins to go into Adam Pierce's office and bring up this idea just for Sonya Deville and be like, hey, that's not a bad idea. Let's think about it. So because, yo, Seth, you've been DJ Khaled. You played yourself in, in a stupid scenario. You fell for it. You got Owen or Punk, whatever. I don't know. Tag team match takes place as the hurt business of Cedric and Sean Benjamin with no Lashley, no MVP. At this point, you should have never put them back in the hurt business. We don't see these four together anymore. You know, just because they're wearing the hurt business gear and all that stuff, I think it was a dumb idea to put them back together because, again, why are they not? Why are they not formed that in this group? Why aren't Lashley and MVP by their sides on all these occasions? Like this is supposed to be your team, your faction, and yet you're just you're just chilling because you got other stuff to do, right? I get it, but still, this this is supposed to be your teammates in your faction. I understand that the only reason why they brought back Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander into the hurt business is because MVP was injured, but. People thought the injury was going to take like nine months. It only took three weeks. And then MVP's back. And then all of a sudden, we don't see Cedric and Shelton with Bobby Lashley anymore. So why do they still have the Hurt Business gear? Why do they still have the Hurt Business graphic? Why do they still have the theme? If MVP and Bobby Lashley don't even come out with their own faction mates. Something's not right here. And I'm starting to hate it. Look, man, I didn't care for the match. It was basically her business lose. Ray and Dominic win. 10 on 10 women's tag team match. As Team Live with her partners Rhea Ripley, Nikki A.S.H., 24-7 champion Dana Brooke, and Bianca Belair take on Team Bex. Dewdrop, Carmella, Queen Zelina, the new women's tag team champions, and Tamina. This match literally was uh, it was there, it was mediocre. I think that like you could have just done the contract signing, save the match for next week or day one. They didn't have to have they didn't have to do tag team matches here. Play it was just getting on my fucking nerves. And honestly, they didn't need to do this. They only did it because they're trying to make Liv Morgan look like a fucking star here. And they did. They did. They kind of they kind of capitalized on that. And that was a good move on them. I just did not care for this match at all. It was very slow. It was very paced out. And not only that, I feel as if they the crowd was just dying out already. Like, I, I feel like the crowd was just getting emptier and emptier. And I don't want to diss this match for what it was. It was 
it was there, but it just didn't feel like it was as impactful as they were trying to make it. You know, when they did the contract sign, that was impactful. This just kind of felt flat, but not in a, I'm not going to say in a bad way because again, this match was just not bad. I think it's just bored of people and it kind of went on for a bit too long. It didn't need to be that long to begin with. Liv Morgan does the oblivion on Tamina for the win. It's a big win for her. It's a, it's, it's good momentum going into next week. So I can't wait to see what they're going to do on Monday with the women's championship. Uh, I, I will be pretty excited. So as soon as the match ends, Becky storms in the ring and attacks Liv. All the competitors start brawling. Lynch attempts the, the, the manhandle slam, but Liv basically counters it. She hits the oblivion to, to Becky and rolls outside. And Liv Morgan and her team are standing tall in the ring. That's a feel-good moment there for a post-match assault. Give Liv even more momentum and more confidence going into the fact that she could possibly win this match. If they pull the trigger, do it. If they don't, do it. But I want Liv Morgan to, you know, succeed. Win, lose, or draw, uh, I just want her to excel after this women's championship match. And hopefully she can put on a good showcasing. So we go backstage now with Vince and Austin. Vince is telling Austin to expect the unexpected. And if he says, and if he suspects surprises, then he won't be surprised. Theory is confused, and Vince is just yelling at him. Look at me, damn it! When I'm talking to you, that's how he was. Like <laughs> it was just so because uh, it's like he's trying to he's trying to like keep conversation with Vince because Vince, this whole conversation just feels one sided. So he tries to keep combo going. He's looking at Vince and he turns away. He looks at him, turns away. And then Vince is like, look at me, damn it. At this point, Vince could have just been like, damn it, leave. Damn it, just leave. Leave, pal. Okay, so Biggie is backstage and he's about to be interviewed. And he asked about Kevin Owens possibly being added to the day one match against him and Seth Rollins. So Biggie just says he feels no added pressure and walks off, but then comes back and he fears no man and especially nobody named Kevin. He understands that a triple threat makes it harder for him to retain his baby. Just call it a championship. Our truth could call a title his baby, just not the main belt. So after he defends that scour that scourge Kevin Owens tonight, he will go on and beat Seth. And start the new year off, 2022, with a bang. Good promo. Good promo there. Hopefully he could start 2022 off right with a bang. So now, again, more backstage shit. Vince is still with Austin. And asks how he feels about tonight. Austin says that he's learned a lot. Vince asks... What's he learned? And Theory says he's learned to expect the unexpected. Vince says, it's good. It's good, pal. He's ready. So they stand up. Vince reaches for a handshake, but instead just slaps the fuck out of him. I'm like, Date quieto, muchacho. At the end, it's just like, 
you got a lot to learn. And at that moment, at that moment, Vince realized he was in the room with Austin and he hates Austin. He hates Austin so much. <laughs> I don't have a reason for why he just hates Austin. Maybe because the whole thing with Tyson is like, you're ruined it, damn it, you're ruined it. <laughs> but I don't know. For Vince's DTA, don't trust Austin. All right, main event time. Got Kevin Owens taking on Big E. Owens wins. He'll be added to the WWE Championship match. This whole segment going, the whole entire segment between Seth, Owens, Pierce, Sonya, going into this match, but the stipulation was just added within like the second fucking hour. And I was just like, what? Are you guys that fucking stupid? This is asinine. Like, the booking for all of this is asinine. It was, just, it was like two kids at a at a second grade school. They just finished having lunch. They're about to have recess. And, you know, one kid sees another kid and this one kid tells the other kid, they're like, oh, I got a million dollars in... <laughs> In my back, like, oh, I got a gun in my backpack. And, you know, guys like, no, you don't. No, you don't. And, you know, all this bullshit. Let me stop. I just, I just sound stupid there. I just hated how the whole thing was portrayed for Kevin Owens to become the number one, I'm sorry, the championship contender added to make it a triple threat against Seth and Biggie. It was dumb. It made Owens look dumb. It made Seth look dumb. It made the general managers look dumbfounded and confused. Like, should we do this? Like, do we want to do this? Like, last time I recall, we're the ones making matches, not the wrestlers. Yeah, fucking do it. Why why not? my God, all I got to say is Seth Rollins out here looking like a strawberry Nesquik. <laughs> I mean, like, what a sliced strawberry on the edge of the cup that just stays there. Like, you just bought it at a, a, at a tiki bar or something. That's what Seth Rollins looks like, okay? This man, every week, is always looking drippy, but goofy. And it just makes you want to laugh. And it makes you want to say, that man is a sharp dressed man. ZZ Top. All right, so the match ends when Owens hits the pump up bar, uh pump up power bomb for near fall. Rollins is starting to get terrified. Owens goes to the top rope but jumps into Rollins. Owens gets back inside, and Biggie connects with a lariat. This right here was stupid. Kevin Owens didn't win clean. You protected Owens for what? He could have beaten. Oh, my God. I don't know why Seth had to get involved in this. It was like, why didn't Owens get involved in uh, Seth's match against Finn? Why does he have to get? Why does Seth have to get involved in this one? 
I was so I was so fucking angry that they did that because this match was not bad. It was really good. It's very good. You know, I mean, probably might have seen this a few times over the years and such, but it's Big E as WWE champion. And come on. Name name a perfect opportunity for KO to go after the title, especially going after Big E. So yeah, the match wins. Kevin Owens wins via disqualification because Owens, oh Rollins, ran under the ring and just started attacking. So Rollins takes the bait and continues beating Owens after the bell. Rollins super kicks Big E after that. Now the GMs. Or, or the WWE officials are on a fucking screen. This whole thing, after the whole match takes place, you know, that's when the whole beatdown happens. And, you know, we see everything that takes place. And then we have the match for plug for day one. So now it is a triple threat match. Owens, Rollins, and Biggie. Hopefully Biggie retains make him look super strong going forward, going into 2022. Because again, uh, day war games is the final pay-per-view for WWE overall in 2021. And day one takes place January 1st. So I can't wait. This was not a bad Raw. It was not. It really was not. There was some Cool moments. There were some fresh moments. Very, very originality, fresh moments. I love originality in wrestling. Not everything has to be, oh, let's put the same people together every week and see what happens. No, it's, we need to switch it up a notch. We need to make some change. If we can't make change, then we're going to be broke, poor, and AEW is going to destroy us. Plain and simple. So let's start copying what AEW is doing. Let's start copying what every other gamer is doing. And that's taking forever to pick a character and says, like, let's do that. This whole thing, this whole show was very fun, very entertaining. But there was some moments here that I just did not like. Miz and uh, Maurice making their return. Great. We're going to see Ez versus Miz, or we're going to see a mixed tag match between uh, Beth Phoenix and Edge and Miz and Mrs. What's going to happen with uh, Damian Priest moving forward with the United States Championship? Is he going to defend the belt every week, like in an open challenge, or are we going to start the rivalry between him and Apollo moving forward? I can't wait to see what happens there. Next week, we're going to have the, the, the Raw Women's Championship match between Liv Morgan and Becky Lynch. So hopefully they 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 make Liv look strong here going forward. I don't want to see her just lose and then she's back down in the card again. It's just so dumb. It wouldn't make any sense. Like a rematch would happen. There has to be a rematch. Or we're still on that no more rematches type shit now. Oh, and they keep fucking showing us promo packages of Fear Mahan even though in real life they're trying to tell you it's Vince McMahon. (laughs) Why is he getting promo packages, number one? Number two, why is he a singles competitor now? 
Where is his under other partner from Indusare? More importantly, where the fuck is Elias? The show was great. It was great. Great, 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 but not that great. Honestly, if there's if there's one grade that I could give this, I'm gonna give this a solid good. It was a good show. Good show indeed. Not like last week. Last week was horrible. The go home show for Survivor Series, that was worse. And hopefully we never ever have to go through that ever again. Next week better be interesting. And hopefully we'll got to see what they've delivered next week. And stay tuned this weekend for we will be having our final live reactions for 2021. We will be doing uh, NXT War Games. The Angel of Death 6XL will be defending his championship against myself, Jay Savage, TJ the Great. So YouTube.com forward slash Mania show where you could stop my hole on that subscribe button. Share for us by clicking the thumbs up. Share this with your friends, family, everyone. Every week we put out videos for all of you to watch and enjoy. As far as for all of our social media purposes, you can follow us uh Facebook.com forward slash uh Ramble Mania Show, Twitter at Ramble Mania, Instagram at Ramble Mania Show, TikTok at Ramble Mania Show, twitch.tv forward slash Ramble Mania Show. For all of our social media platforms, just search Ramble Mania on Apple. Google, Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher, SoundCloud, all those audio platforms to search Ramble Mania because every week we're putting out all the audio for you to enjoy at work, at home, when you're doing laundry, when you're reading a book, or even when you're just on a sick day. For me personally, you can find me on Instagram at iZombies, double I-Z-O-M-B, double I-E-S-Z. I know, I know, Loki. It's all right. For Hazel the Eye Zombie, for Loki Doom, this is Raw Rants. This has been the Ramble Mania Show. We would like to wish all of you a point in goodies. A fucking sweet, a good fight, a goodbye, and a good night.